0: this is Stephanie Stuckey with Stuckey's and you're listening to From the Heart with Ed Hart.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. My guest today, I'm excited. I, um, I remember growing up as a child, I, I've, I've been, had the good fortune of traveling all over the country with my parents. When I was 13 years old in the 70s, we took a month-long road trip and we went all over the country. And I especially remember seeing the Stuckey's billboards and the signs and stopping at the different markets along the way. And most of you listening and watching today, probably have either had that experience as well, or know someone who has. Stephanie grew up in and still lives in Georgia outside of Atlanta. She served on the, a lot lot of things I learned about you, Stephanie, as I was doing some research and going through your bio, uh, 14 years on the Georgia House of Representatives. So you're- Yeah, that was a good run. Yeah, 14 years, well, I'd love to hear more about that. You're an attorney, you got an undergraduate degree, she got an undergrad in French, from University of Georgia and then a few years later got her law degree also from the University of Georgia. Go Bulldogs. Um, Yeah, I'm a double dog. (laughs) One of the the Southeastern Conference universities I can tolerate. So. Thank you. (laughs) I'm a Pac-12 guy. So, you know, we have our little rivalry with the SEC. uh, Stephanie grew up and spent a lot of her early life in Washington, D.C. She's the third-generation leader now of the Stuckey's Corporation, and we'll get into that a little bit as well. Those of you who listen and watch uh, From the Heart know that we are um, all about family business. Not all of our guests are family-owned, but most of them are. In fact, our um, title sponsor now uh, for From the Heart podcast is a company called Orange Kiwi, and they're a family business consulting firm uh, all over the world, headquartered here in Southern California, and uh, a lot of work with family-owned companies there as well. Uh, born on Christmas Day. I won't say the year, yeah. not for me to share, but I will definitely say that she's a she's a Christmas Day baby. So, what's that like? Yeah, it's,
0: me and the baby Jesus wondering. share birthday. There
1: you, you go, <laughs> baby Jesus. That's a pretty good person. If you're going to share a birthday with someone, I suppose that's probably, uh, I don't know, it could be the best or the worst. What's it like to be a Christmas baby? I think
0: it's the best. People are always saying, oh, you get gypped at Christmas time. First of all, I never got gypped. And second of all, Santa always was the guest at my birthday parties as a kid. So, top that. I, I love my birthday I, oh. I wouldn't trade it and you know, those lists that say today on your birthday was born dot 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 I get Jesus so
1: the first bullet point is Jesus you know how do you talk? yeah I've got like James yeah. and a few others but how do you talk how do you talk Jesus that's pretty.
0: but cool. you know what also born on Christmas Humphrey Bogart Jimmy Buffett Sissy Spacek and Anwar Sadat. So I am in very good company. There
1: you go. I've got Russell Crowe, born same day, same year as me, April seventh, nineteen sixty-four. So we share that. But uh, that's a that's yeah.
0: a lucky birthday, I think. April seventh.
1: Well, one, a, a few other things I've learned uh, in my research is it's not pecans like we say out here in California. It's pecans. <laughs> So I'm going to try to say pecans as much as I possibly can throughout the day.
0: That is the perennial debate. I get asked that question all the time, and there really is no correct pronunciation, although 70% of Americans say pecans the way you pronounce it. Yeah. I am in a minority saying pecans. It's just the South Georgia in me that just creeps out and can't help itself. So I'm, well, old habits are going to die very hard. I, I will probably say pecans until the day I die.
1: Well, good enough for you, good enough for me. If the person who sells pecans and pecan rolls and, and pralines and so forth says pecans, at least for the next hour, I, I can as well.
0: Yeah, I'm starting a movement for pecans because that is just the unappreciated pronunciation. Too many people are say pecans, and I've always advocated, I guess, for the minority position or the scrappy underdog, so pecan is the underdog in this debate.
1: There you go. <laughs> we always root for the underdog, right?
0: Right? Yep. Always.
1: So tell me what it was like. What was it like growing up in that kind of household name, family business of Stucky's? Uh, I know you didn't take over as a CEO until you were, you know, just within the last year or two, right? But
0: Yeah, until I was 50-ish. I like to say 50-ish. 50 there
1: you go. Yeah.
0: I, I, I've, I've aged a year since then. Feels like 10 years. But I was the same age as Ray Kroc when he took over McDonald's.
1: Nice. So there, so, so that, so yeah, look at the the you know he he I'm, took that I'm up.
0: all for. I think yeah, I've heard of that. Figuring part. it out. Yeah. Figuring it out after
1: fifty. So at, at its peak, Stuckey's was three hundred and seventy-ish stores, I'm guessing. That's right. Yeah, in the mid
0: '70s, um, we mid-70s. really peaked with the American road trip. The yeah. the story of Stuckey's to me is the story of the Great American Road Trip, Tell and me. our peak was a great American road trip. And then we declined at the same time as the air oil embargo was hitting and the airline deregulation act was passed that enabled people to start flying domestically at very affordable rates. So we we are so much connected with the very history of this country, which is one of the things I find fascinating about the family business. Yeah.
1: So it has But you said what's it
0: like growing up um, in the family? Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, so I think of family businesses as kind of like if I look at, I mean, I live in Southern California, so it's not like I look out my window at snow, but I've looked at snow. I know what it looks like. You know, from, yeah. the, outside, you know, from the inside looking out, it's white, it's cold, it's beautiful. Um, you get out there, and, I, and I've never done this, but everybody says if you put a snowflake under the microscope, no two look alike. So I use that yep. a lot when I talk about family businesses from the outside looking in or the inside, in that case, looking out. They look very similar, but deep down inside, it's very, very different and unique. So, what was it like being the granddaughter of the founder of Stuckey's, and then just growing up in that?
0: Well, of course, you don't know anything else. True. I, I mean, I've heard That's interviews with, with celebrities, and queen,
1: right? They'll tell yeah.
0: You. I mean, certainly. I mean, my, my grandfather wasn't like Robert Redford or anything, but <laughs> you know, I've, t- I've read interviews of children of famous people, and they're like, "Well, we never knew any different." So, it. it what, what do we have to compare it to? That was our life experience. Uh, so certainly on a lesser scale, but growing up in the Stuckey family, I thought every family stopped at every single Stuckey's when they went on road trips. <laughs> so I think that's the great differentiator. In my family, we never had to say, can we stop at Stuckey's? We were pulling over. And the other thing is, we actually got kind of tired of stopping at Stuckey's because we wouldn't just stop for five minutes, we would stop for an hour, two hours. My dad would talk to the managers, even though the, the stores fell out of families, the family for decades. Right. So most of my childhood, the, the stores had been sold, but we obviously would still stop. But my, my father remained involved with knowing the franchisees. We were, we have, we were founded as a family business at, fell out of the family, we got it back in the family. Yeah. But not only was it the Stuckey family, we supported families within the company. So it was not yeah. uncommon to see whole families working in the business. And it didn't just extend to the direct family lineage of my grandfather, his son and, and me, but first cousins twice removed. I mean, I come from a big Southern family, uncles, aunts, cousins, yeah, last name Stuckey was all over that company
1: sure so
0: we yeah we really uh, nepotism is something we championed
1: there you go well <laughs> and I read too, and you touched on it i read a lot earlier that um your grandpa would would give shares of stock for lack of a better mm-hmm. term to a husband and wife who would run a, a store and they would almost in, in essence become a franchisee and then so well, your family within family business yeah
0: Yeah, we were all we've always been a franchise operation without corporate owned stores. Maybe just a handful of sure. Maybe corporate owned, wouldn't even be really be corporate owned, it'd just be family members owned the store. But we've always been franchise operated. Moving forward, I might shift that some, but I'm certainly going to keep with the system that's in place for now and figure out what's the best means for growth moving forward. But franchise ease owned. The stores and then paid the company a fee. And then my, my grandfather quite frequently owned some stores, but then he would give shares to employees. So he would have secretaries back in the day, you'd say secretaries. So I don't mean to be yeah. offensive now yeah. to executive I'm assistants. i
1: you said that, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I used to be an executive assistant,
1: Right.
0: one of my many jobs. So a great deal of respect for that role. But in any event, in the day it was secretary and his secretary made like six thousand dollars a year but with her franchise shares she made triple that yeah exactly yeah yeah so that's how he rewarded them and then it makes so much sense you have buying in the company you care about the success of the company because you are a part owner so it was not uncommon for people who worked on the candy line who drove the we at one point we had a billboard company and a trucking company so a lot of those employees had ownership and not only that my grandfather gave ownership to women and African-Americans back in the 1950s and 60s in the, in the South, in the deep South. Wow. So very, you know, I don't think he considered himself a progressive in any way. He just, he cared about people and he cared about his employees. So for yeah. him, it was just t- treating people with respect.
1: Well, that goes back to your comment about how you would stop for one or two hours at a store. I'm guessing that not only was he meeting with the management team and the franchisees, but he was talking to the customers. And I'm sure you know, Absolutely. People can walk in that and store watching, and, yeah, watching their I house. mean, really
0: just like sitting and seeing like how people walk through the stores, what products interest them. My grandfather used to go in the parking lot and he would get a clipboard and he would write out what states, what license plates the cars are from. He really monitored that. He wanted to know who was coming to his stores. What were the traffic patterns? So well before there was marketing data and research, he just did what I call shoe leather marketing. He, he was just very observant and, and paid attention to what the customers liked, and then he would adapt to their taste.
1: So how has his legacy and, and what you just described rolled into Stephanie, the CEO of Stuckey's today?
0: I study his business methods so much. So I really am trying to learn from that model. The first thing I decided I was going to do when I took on the company in November of last year was visit every single store. And I'm two thirds of the way through. I would have been done, were it not for that darn, darn pandemic thing. that's yeah. happening. That sure has slowed me down. But I, I go to the stores and sometimes I'll call the managers and let them know I'm coming. And sometimes I'll just show up and watch and observe and maybe call them later and say, I was at your store, let me tell you what I saw. Sometimes I liked what I saw, sometimes I didn't. So I've really tried to be very observant and he paid attention, not just to the stores, but to the highway experience. Yeah. So he studied the road. I I, I I was joking the other day with a friend that my grandfather was a road scholar, <laughs> uh, an R-O-A-D-S scholar and he paid attention, he knew, and my father's this way too. It's crazy. I will tell my father, oh, I'm outside of Camilla, Georgia, and he'll say, oh, you're at mile marker 52. Like, wow. they knew the mile markers. Huh. They knew what billboards yeah, were. were billboards,
1: what- yeah. every, every mile or two, there was a billboard that said hot coffee coming. Yeah. Like, That's coming. Pecan. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. yeah. So,
0: he paid attention to the roads. What's the best way to cite a store as you're pulling up to an exit well ideally it's going to be on your right it's going to be the easiest way to access it so you can pull over the right and then you're going to want to take that right turn you don't want to take those left turns yeah, you want
1: to turn across traffic sure yeah. yeah
0: i mean he you don't want ideally you don't want to cross view for your billboard you don't want your billboard on the other side of the interstate you want your billboard on your side mm-hmm. of the interstate
1: wow yeah, yeah. and that was a, a really good what, thought to that yeah for for 10 or 20 years, it seemed like I think from what I read that that was the method of advertising. So how do you use that today? I mean, you mentioned COVID and you you can't do a conversation with anyone anymore without talking about that. I also think I read something that you said that, um, I want to say 97%, I'm probably wrong, but a high, high percentage of travel in the last six months has been in people's personal cars. Maybe I didn't read that. Maybe I read that as I was researching you. Maybe it wasn't a quote, but and, I, and I, I know that to be true as well. I look at the trips that yeah. I've taken in the last six months, they're all in our car, you know, we've gone to Bryce Canyon and Zion Canyon and we've gone up the coast and we've done things, you know, within three or 400 miles, which I think is the average now for most people, Yeah, but it's all in our cars. And so do you see that this kind of transition that we're in right now because of COVID could have a long-term benefit? on Stuckey's as, as far as expansion and growth? Are you using this because people are now in their cars more?
0: I sure hope so. Like I said earlier, I think Stuckey's is very much aligned with the history of this country. And we fell out of family hands. We lost the stores, the stores plummeted. We, the company that bought the company that bought Stuckey's was a railroad conglomerate out of Chicago. They sold off a lot of the assets of the company we lost franchisees, we lost over 200 stores. So we sort of plummeted when the road trip plummeted. And then I, my, my father bought the company back, got, or reacquired the company, and he was running about five other businesses. So Stuckey's was part of his business portfolio. He was extremely successful with Interstate Dairy Queen Corporation, which is a company he founded. And he had all of the franchise rights to Interstate Dairy Queen, Store so if you pulled over to exit in the U.S. Hmm. and went to a Dairy Queen, my father was the franchisor, and brilliant that he started that company. So he he knew interstate travel very well, but he was busy running that when he acquired Stuckey's. So he started co-branding with Stuckey's and adding Stuckey's next to Dairy Queens, okay. and did well with that. And then my grand my father retired largely about a decade ago, and sold his Dairy Queen to his Dairy Queen company to Warren Buffett may have, may have heard of him.
1: <laughs> yeah. you dropping all these names of companies yeah. and individuals I may have heard of. Yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah. That's a, oh, that's another businessman I really admire and follow. And uh, I'm a gracious reader and a podcast listener. And I listen and read a lot about Warren Buffett and what his business methods are and what his investment advice is. He's got so much to offer, but in any event, my father and his team pretty much retired about a decade ago and left Stuckey somewhat on the autopilot with a very skeleton crew. And so now I'm trying to come back and revive the company. So I'm reviving Stuckey's and rebranding and rebuilding at the same time that we see the American road trip coming back. And I do think that we're going to see a resurgence of that. I don't think airline travel is going to pick right back up. Right. With all respect to Delta, which is in my hometown, I know so many people who work at that wonderful company. So I'm not just in airline travel, but
2: yeah, it's gonna be a while I, I am
0: advocating for for getting on the road and taking those road trips and rediscovering this great country of ours. That's the most fun I've had in visiting the stores. As I soon realized, it's not about just seeing the stores; it's seeing all the fun, amazing roadside oddities and eccentric attractions along the way so I've slept in a wigwam motel I've gone to a petting zoo that included llamas and roosters I'm not quite sure how they expected me to pet a rooster (laughs) but I love these these roadside places and the world's biggest stuff you know I've got I've got a big pencil here I've visited the The world's biggest rocking chair the world's largest belt buckle the world's largest brick which is in Montgomery Alabama I've been to the Hank Williams Senior Museum so all these the Evil Knievel Museum was a lot of fun too yeah. so it's just rediscovering America and you don't have to get in a plane and fly to Paris even though it's French is a wonderful language and I love You're going there
1: going to college, obviously yeah
0: I you know right now I'd rather go to Paris Texas
1: yeah well and really would and you've got a lot of, I've never met your grandpa or your dad, but from what I've read about your grandpa, you have, you obviously have a lot of his blood in you because of the, the marketing genius and, and just the, the out of the box thinking that you do. And that's a big part of the Stuckey's brand. You have Big Pencil you held up a second ago and the shot glass we were talking about earlier and the yeah. ways that you brand your organization. How has the branding that he did, I, I got a, a family legacy question I want to get back to in a second as well. Um, I heard you quoted, and I want to go to that in a minute, but how has the branding that he did and that your dad carried on, as you now look going forward as 2020, as we're recording this September 16th, um, looking forward five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, what do you envision for how you will be branding? And I don't mean branding like little trinkets and so forth, although that is mm-hmm. part of it. What, what visions do you have for branding the company going forward?
0: Well, I, I really want to go back to our roots and tap into what made our company special. Because when I think about what's a differentiator for Stuckies along the Interstate Highway, we were started before there was an Interstate Highway. We were founded in 1937 as a produce
1: stand that sold highway, really? With, yeah.
0: pecans, yeah, in, in, on the Hawkinsville Highway. And my grandfather called them Yankees, so no disrespect, but Yankee tourists coming to Florida would pull over and buy pecans and candies. He started making the candies and those would sell. And, and then he started selling Chotskis. So we were there before the interstate highway system. So now when we started, and we moved, he moved right on over to the interstate, which I so admire. There are so many of these early businesses that you would see on these back roads of this country that when the interstate highway came along, they just folded. No, not my grandfather. He just picked right up, started putting his stores on the interstate highway and he built them better. He's like, okay, I want people to be able to see my stores on the interstate because now they have to pull over. Before, you know, the stores are just right there on the road. You didn't have to pull uh, over.
2: Are, yeah.
0: So what did he do? He got bright turquoise roofs. He got these sloped roofs that looked very distinctive. That was not just an architectural design. That was a marketing tool.
2: He's yeah. like,
0: how can I get people pull over and they're going to have to pull over on the left side i'm going to get on the top of a roof He would always a hill he would always try to have a store situated on a slope Hmm. so he he was there on the interstate highway system before anyone else but since then all right so fast forward we've had a decline and during the time that we were in decline all these other locations are now up we've got pilot we've got loves we've got ta we've got bucky's It's a competitive landscape. So I've got to figure out, you know, moving forward, how do I tap into what's nostalgic and great with a heritage brand? And your listeners out there who are part of family legacies and have companies that have been around 50 plus years like Stucky's, I know you all grapple with these same issues. How do you take a heritage brand, be very respectful and tap into what makes you so special, but move forward? But one of the things that makes us so special is that people have stucky stories and they have stucky memories. Yeah. And and no, yeah, not knocking the competition, although I am a bit competitive, but I don't think people have those warm, fuzzy stories about some of the competitors that we have on on the interstate exits of this country.
2: Yeah. You know, but and people you know, every single do.
0: day reach out to me, you know, like my parents stopped at Stuckey's on their honeymoon or my wife and I've been married for 50 years. And every year on our anniversary, I give her a log roll because I gave her a pecan log roll on our f- first date. I literally got a letter that said that and it brought tears to my eyes. So, you know, we, we have things that make us different. So I want to tap into that. I think yeah. retro is getting to be cool again. Um, so I just got to shamelessly bring out a rubber yeah. alligator. You know, yeah. we sold a lot of these over, over the years, so we're known for this stuff, yeah. and I'm I'm getting back to our roots. This is our latest display box. Shameless product plug, Please. But this looks like our old billboards.
2: Yeah, looks like. So
0: our- I'm paying attention to what's getting traction on social media. We're we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and YouTube. Working on getting more on YouTube, but we get such a high response rate from our billboards. So I'm tapping into that, but it's also got a bit of a modern edge to it. So it's just giving a tip of the hat to our roots, but also saying, well, we're still here and you can find us on the internet and you can shop on the cyber highway. And we're on Yelp, we're on Google reviews, we're, we're cleaning up those sites. And so we're, we're doing things to modernize. Uh, we're definitely looking at drive-through windows, moving forward. So we're looking at all the modern things that consumers are gonna expect now.
1: Sure. And with uh, the uh, health regulations and everything else too, there's there's that consideration that you probably didn't think about six months ago. You talked a minute ago about um, one thing, bringing out bringing out the, the baseball cap. I Have like trucker's it. cap on. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the trucker cap, the Stuckey's trucker cap. I I know it right away when we get off this podcast. I'm getting online and I got a t-shirt and a big pencil and a, trucker's yeah. cap and, and a trucker cap. Yeah, it's trucker
0: appreciation world. week. So oh. shout out to our long haulers, you keep America moving.
1: Love it. So you talked about not only how do you keep the company moving forward um, while protecting the vision of the founder, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You have to make sure that um, you're growing with the times and that you're advancing with technology and everything else, but you don't want to step away from the vision of grandpa in your particular case. But you also want to make sure that you are adapting. And so there's that there's yeah. a fine line that's tough. We have to adapt, but we don't want to like, you know, bury the memory of Grandpa and just say, well, that's the way we used to do it. I, I do think that we're coming back to, as you mentioned, that that yeah. uh, nostalgia really is a driver in, in marketing, from what I see.
0: Well, you know what us family-owned brands have that these others don't? We've got personality.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We've got a human connection. We're not a big corporation. Right. And we've got a legacy that dates back to whoever the founder is in your particular family business. And a lot of businesses don't have that. And a lot of the most successful businesses had it and lost it. Right. It fell out of the original family hands. And I I like the chain, but I'm going to mention one that we all know, Wendy's. Mm Sure. Sure. I'm sure we all, you remember the Dave Thomas ads?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: I was at the era where the founder of Wendy's you know, and it was named after his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he did these great ads and you just felt this connection with him. And he wasn't smooth or polished, although he was definitely very articulate and charismatic. He was really But he was just real, he was relatable. Yeah. And you just got the sense of, I'm buying a burger from Dave Thomas. I'm not just buying a burger. He's like
1: My next door neighbor, he had, had that feel, it's like, you know, the kids I'm playing with, that's their grandpa almost kind of that feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's it's it's cool. out of the family hands now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not saying it's no longer a good brand, but it's out of the family hands. I of, personally
2: yeah.
0: yeah, I don't feel that same connection anymore. Yeah. I, I like knowing that they're like there's there's actually a Stucky at Stuckies. <laughs> you know, know it's exactly. not just
1: pretty cool. I imagine that. It's not
0: just a it's not just a name. Right. You know. McDonald's, well, shoot, it's been out of Mc- and, and like I said, I love Ray Kroc and really, yeah. I've and studied his model. I, I study a lot of these founders and how they built a brand and have a lot of um, incredible respect and admiration for what they did. But boy, the McDonald's brothers, they sold forever ago. So yeah. there's just something I think really special about that. And not just that personal connection, but the connection and having a sense of place an individuality and something that's real and and you often lose that with large corporations. Now there's things that you gain with a large corporation, you're going to have consistency, you're going to know every single store you stop at is pretty much going to be exactly the same because it's run by the See
1: those arches anywhere team. around America, you know what you're getting. It's going to
0: look get. the same. You going to stop at McDonald's in Cincinnati, it's going to be like a McDonald's in Cairo, Georgia, right? But Stuckey's, what I'm really pushing for is you stop at a Stuckey's in Unadilla, Georgia, you're going to know you're in Georgia. You're going to get some Georgia souvenirs, and you're going to have some local honey and some local peaches and pecans. And if you stop at the Stuckey's in Yeehaw Junction, you might see some fresh citrus fruits out front. And you're, you're definitely going to see some rubber alligators if oh. you're at the Florida store. <laughs> so I like that. I like that sense of this unique experience that you're not going to get. And so it makes you want to pull over. Not every Stuckey's is going to be the same. Right. It's, you're going to have that same, hopefully, consistency and high quality that I am working on. I will say, those of you who pull over to Stuckey's, right oh. now, we are a fixer-upper. We need some TLC, and I am working on it. I read every Yelp review. I read every Google review. I read every customer comment on our website, so I'm paying attention. And if people don't have a great experience, I want to hear about it. And we are we are cleaning up, fixing up, rebranding one store at a time. But we're I'm on the case.
1: And that's the way to do I'm it. Not
0: sleeping. I'm on the case.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You're not sleeping a lot. Sleeping lots of coffee. You've got yeah a lot of coffee, and and you have your pecan praline with your coffee. I saw too, so I'm going to have to add that to my.
0: Yeah, you know, um all right, this is these days this is one of my favorites. It's the the turtles. Yeah, I love it. The that. milk chocolate turtles. Yeah. So good. It's caramel with pecans and we have milk and white chocolate and it's just out of the world. It's that's maybe my favorite. it's my favorite right now. So when I to say
1: con again. I just said it for the last time.
0: Yeah, it's okay. I'm now, I'm now as long pecan, as you buy but, it, I don't care what yeah. you say. You can say <laughs> oh,
1: whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, you so, can say
0: a can you know that's another way of saying it say it however you want just buy it
1: <laughs> so obviously family legacy is important to you you're quoted as saying it's my name on those billboards it's my family legacy we've talked about it. i was going to ask the question talk about family legacy but i think for 25 minutes we've been doing that but as you think about that what what's the sense you feel i know when i drive by something like there's a winery near us that i'm not related to that has the last name heart and just because yeah. it has my last name, I have this sense of pride. I've got these family businesses that I work with that are clients of mine. And when I drive by their store or their hotel or whatever, and I see the name, this sense of pride just washes over me because I know the family. I can pick up the phone or file a, fire a text off to the CEO of the company because he's, he or she's my friend. So when you see that Ducky's yeah. Road sign on the side of the highway, or with that hat that you're wearing right now, or the shirt you're wearing, or just what what what's that feeling like for you?
0: Usually, it's a sense of pride, but every now and then, it's a sense of
1: oh my gosh, oh right. my
0: gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like fire had- under my butt and get this looking better. Sometimes I see those stores and they need some love, yeah. uh, so it's both it's inspiration motivation to do better but there's also a sense of pride for what my grandfather and my father did and, and also my grandmother we would not have a pecan log roll were it not for Ethel Stuckey yeah. i'm actually named after her That's my full name. name is Ethel Stephanie Stuckey so, and i've just always gone by Stephanie but i'm i'm very proud of my grandmother too i got to, i knew her a lot better i was in my 30s when she passed i was 12 when my grandfather died i i knew my grandmother, very well.
1: Yeah. And Stephanie Stucky wow. just has the greatest roles, too. I like the. Yeah. yeah. Great, great name. I will, you-
0: yeah. This is kind of funny. You said, you know, other businesses with your same last name.
1: Yeah.
0: Our number one customer base are people with the last name Stucky. We get so many people with the last name Stucky ordering our products online. And I am obsessive about gathering data to try to understand, you know, how to better market, how to. know, who is our consumer? What can we do to innovate? And so I'm always looking at data and and I religiously get up and I'll read through who's, who's bought our product online, who's signed up for our website and last name Stucky over and over and over.
1: Database.
0: Yeah, it was like 1500. Oh my cat just came in. I had like 1500 people with the last name Stucky by June of this year who placed orders. Wow. So keep on, keep on, hey, all you stuckies yeah, oh out there. Stuckies. There you, I'll
2: play
1: there you with go. This my is my relatives. Great. Yep.
0: Yeah, keep buying our merch. Yeah. Let's keep repping the family name.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I have, I have merchandise with heart on it for the winery yeah. and other things as well. Um, what do you think will be the toughest obstacle ahead as you, I'm not going to say rebrand, because I don't think you're rebranding as much as you're rebuilding the brand. What do you see? Oh, at, we're
0: rebranding uh, too, though.
1: Yeah. We're rebranding. But, I mean, the logo is going to look the same and the colors and everything. I'm guessing you're not going to like radically change what people well, recognize.
0: Well, I am in that. I mean, I love what my father did, but but this is 80s stuff, which okay. is actually looking a little dated. So this was the 80s logo that I got when I took over the country co- company. Sorry. Um, sometimes I feel like yeah, I'm running the country, country yeah. with this yeah. <laughs> all the work. This is the... This is a retro logo. By the way, I'm trying to bring this mug back. It's going to cost me about $20,000, and I'm going to do a Kickstarter campaign, so to be continued, Okay. but we're, you know, we're, we're moving back to this one. So it is a rebranding.
1: Okay, so as you do this, what, I mean, you, you've got an a un, a undergrad degree in French, you have a law degree, um, sure. you're obviously a marketer, I can see it in you, but that's probably what you learned from your DNA more than what you learned in school. What do you, uh, what do you, what excites you about this? I mean, you look obviously very enthused about it. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. Wake up in the morning to that, that yeah. chocolate pecan praline with your cup of coffee yeah. and get excited about your day. What is it about that day or the days ahead that excites you the most?
0: Well, yeah, let me, I want to make sure I answered your other question about the challenge What's the oh, biggest yeah. challenge with, with building the company for and moving forward. I would say building a team because we're a very scrappy team. When I when I took on the company, our corporate office, including me, was three. Our management team, uh, CFO, a vice president, and then me. And uh, we just took on a, a president who's awesome, R.J. Lamar, and he and I are jointly owning and running the company.
2: Nice. And he has
0: a healthy snack pecan line called Front Porch Pecans, so it's a, it really makes sense on a lot of levels. And his his father and my. Father and grandfather like all knew each other. They've managed our family Pecan Orchard since the 1970s. So really close family ties. He's a family business. So very excited about that. But building a team, getting the right people to help run your organization. And more than anything to me, what what I think is gonna be the biggest challenge, but also best opportunity, frontline workers. And by frontline workers, I mean people who work in our stores. They are the face of our company. They are who the customer interacts with. And I think too often, people in this space, businesses in sort of the C-store space or roadside retail space, they, it's hard to get really good quality employees in some of these jobs. They're not super high paying.
2: Sure.
0: there may not be the most interesting fun job, depending on how it's structured, but it, it, it can be challenging. So getting really good quality, motivated employees, and, and I am studying Chick-fil-A, I think does a very good job. They don't pay their cashiers or their, their personnel, their staff, any more than any other fast food chain. But why is it that their customer service is exemplary? What is about it? It's, it's corporate culture.
1: It's, yeah, it's culture and it's values. Hiring, it's hiring the right type of individual. You can teach skills yeah. and train people how to how absolutely, to jobs, but you can't train them on, on personality and smiling. And, no. you know, we have a brand out here on the West coast, you know, of, but you don't have them in Georgia in and out burger, you know, there. Oh
0: my gosh. I love in and out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a uh, you know, Lindsay Snyder family business right here locally near us. Know the family. Yeah. Well. And, um, and she'll say the same. they do pay a little bit more, but she will say it's not about that. It's about the type of- industry. It's not
0: the money. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's it's the corporate culture. And Chick-fil-A is a, a family-owned business, right? The Kathy family.
1: Right, exactly. Uh,
0: very successfully transitioned to the second generation with Dan, from Truett to Dan Kathy. Right. Fun fact, my my grandfather- knew truett kathy and he also knew joe rogers with the waffle house chain oh
1: yeah that's probably hit a few waffle House road trips that's yeah chains yeah
0: yeah waffle house was founded right down the street from me literally it's like two miles from my house i eat at waffle house well they call it number 1000 but it's considered like the first store that is my waffle house it is in my neighborhood i i go to that Waffle House all the time.
1: Do they still let you sit with strangers right now during COVID or probably not as much? Because that was no. one, of the, one of the things about Waffle House is you sit down next to somebody you don't know, and that, that's one of the, uh, the nice ones. Yeah, place. now
0: there's social distancing, they're being safe, but that's a yep. brand I, I absolutely love. But so I think the biggest challenge, and I'm trying to learn from um, those who do it well, uh, QT is another one. If you go to QT, you'll see on the badges, it'll often you know say like been here four years, been here six years at you know at a QT. Yeah. And and you walk in and they're like, "Hello." You know, they greet you. They're so fast. Yeah. I mean, they're like processing. They're they're getting your orders. What do you want? You want a lottery ticket? You know.
1: Yeah, and you so, get, you, got, you obviously get that the, the key is definitely the we we recruit and we hire personality and culture and yeah, the corporate culture, culture is important, but you got to find people that match that culture because to train people and say, "Well, you're now part, you know, you you're not genuinely a happy person, and everybody here smiles and is you know like cheering when we yep. get up and stuff. That's just not the, yeah. yeah. So that's a that's
0: yeah. A, you know the saying, yeah. culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yes.
1: I mean, it's true. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what's your favorite thing about your current role? You know, you've been an attorney, you've been a, a senator, yeah. a state senator. You spent a lot of time you know, working on the environment, obviously, that's a big, big passion and and profession of yours in the past. But now in this newly minted CEO role of Stucky's, what's your favorite thing about every day in the job?
0: Yeah, oh, quick correction, fact check. I was a state rep, not a senator. And I I love being in the House instead of the Senate. The House had 180 members, Senate is 56. And the House was just a raucous, rowdy, bunch mm-hmm. it's like the wild west sometimes nice. you know you have to get that's podcast number two i want to
1: hear more about that
0: yeah no i love the georgia legislature i had so much fun and, and i left the best way possible i didn't run for re-election so <laughs> no. you always want to end on a high note
2: before
1: pop. the voters yeah, kick you out <laughs> yeah exactly be the one deciding so, yeah. to leave, but being the one told
0: I'm a firm believer politics should not be your career, should not be your profession. It should be a calling that you do like as a public service. And I had so much fun and I learned a lot of skills that I apply today, especially about consensus building and respecting other people's viewpoints, even if they disagree with you really learned a lot with that. But uh, did not want to make it my profession. I felt really strongly about that. And so made a yeah, career a, move.
1: And, that's a lesson we could all learn right now, given that. Right? Uh,
0: Politics you're, you're is very part. divisive these days. It was, it was more fun when I was in it. I, I got elected in 1998 and it, it was just, it was a lot more consensus based. Sam Nunn is a real hero of mine and just how he always reached across party lines and just everyone seems to have respected him. Um, but, I digress. What what I find? Yeah. Like, what's my favorite thing about my job? Uh, I think just hopefully most of your listeners can relate to this. I, in many ways, I feel like I'm running an 80-year-old startup. Mm. And cool. it's just never a dull moment. Yeah. Some days, it, it really is. Most days, I have a whack-a-mole going on with whatever the crisis du jour is. There's my French major going. There you
1: go. That's right. It crisis yeah. du jour. Yeah.
0: So, I, you know, things crop up. And even though you got a strategy in place, you've got every day I wake up, I've got my little to-do list. I use Microsoft to-do, and I've got my little list, and I review, like, Mark, here's my day. I'm going to be so orderly and structured, and then I get a call. uh, So-and-so had a forklift. This was actually crisis last week. Forklift. Back, you know, they, they hit reverse instead of forward, and it ran over one of the pickers at the warehouse's foot, and so he was out for a week. And it's in Eastman, Georgia, and it's kind of hard finding some of the last minute. And we had a big order of falsa blankets come in, and it, yeah, so we had to yeah. unload those falsa blankets. <laughs>
2: yeah. you know, like, to,
1: how are we going to do it? We got to figure out how to do it.
0: You just got to, and and I guess the other thing is. You know, yes, I've got the title CEO, but I'm also, I will stock shelves. Sure. I will send out the e-blast. I will do the social media post. I will
2: That's why you whatever. It I'll place yes, the, right?
0: the purchase order. Uh, I'll process the invoice. Uh, you know, I'll answer the customer complaint. I, I actually do think the CEO should be answering the customer complaints. Yeah. I feel very strongly about that one.
2: I do.
1: Yeah, borrowing from another Atlanta, Georgia-based company, uh, I used to believe um, I'm I'm 56. I used to believe that social media. You know, was I was one of the last ones on the train for promoting companies through social media because I always used to think it was just interns promoting their company to other interns. I heard that the CEO (laughs) of Coca-Cola is the guy who logs onto their Facebook account. And this was in 2016. I heard this, but still, four years later there's probably some truth to the fact that, you know, the CEOs of the world are, are and you are looking at what your Yelp reviews and your, your social media posts yeah. and so forth. Oh yeah. It's a great way to get the attention of the leaders of an organization. So I've shifted in my paradigm about that too, because of conversations I've had with a lot of folks over the years that, you know, hey, if the CEO of Coca-Cola is the one looking at the Facebook account every day, then probably a lot of other people out there doing it too in, in influential Yeah. Reasons. So yeah, very good.
0: I actually heard that Jeff Bezos answers his emails and reads a lot of his customer emails. So I Jeff Bezos, I emailed you. I've not gotten my response. Go. All here. Right. We'll
1: make sure Jeff, you got that when you when, when put it out there. From the heart. Yeah. And Mark Cuban <laughs> as well. You know, Mark Cuban actually uh, was one of the first CEOs, you know, right when Shark Tank came out that I'd heard yeah. say, Hey, here's my email address, you know, MarkCuban at yahoo.com or whatever it was. And probably people are going to email that now. Maybe it is, but uh, right. I emailed him. I Never- love
0: that show, by the way.
1: do too. Well, I can see you on, on undercover boss too. I, I see that in your future.
0: Oh, well I'm living it.
1: Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're out there on the road. So I can definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm out, out there. there.
0: Yeah. The profit and shark tank. I think I've seen every episode. I know I've seen every episode of the profit and I'm working through shark tank. Yeah. But, yeah. Th- those are such great shows to show how you present yourself. Being able to field some of these really tough questions. Yeah. Oh, here's the, the challenging part of my job is learning finance finances. Yeah, was that was not that. my background. Yeah. yeah, I had a good liberal arts background, and then I, I went to law school, and I was a litigator and politician, and uh, worked for City of Atlanta as head of sustainability. So I'm not, you know, I'm familiar with budgets. Yeah. I ran a I ran a nonprofit law firm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with budgets and numbers. I'm comfortable with fundraising. I'm not shy at all about asking for money for yeah. a cause I believe in or a company I believe in. But really understanding how to read a balance statement, how to read an income statement, how to understand cash flow, how to understand working capital. It's been a huge learning curve. And a good friend of mine told me right when I started, uh, he was asking me some, pretty pointed questions about finances. I didn't have all the answers. I said, oh, I'm not good with numbers. He said, I want that to be the last time you say that to anyone, anyone. And he said, I'm your friend and you could say it to me once. He said, no excuse. You got to know this. It's like, do you do what it takes? So I've been reading Finances 101. I've been watching webinars. Every time there's a finance term, I don't understand. I look it up. I study it. In fact, right before the show, I was looking over our PL statements for the last five years and looking at the trends. I look at the merchandising reports, what product lines are selling the best, what categories are doing the best. What's our price point? What's our margin? You don't understand that? You have no business running a company. No matter I mean, this is the fun stuff wearing the hat and the drink of the mug. But sure. you don't get to do the fun stuff well, if you don't hunker down hard. and look at those numbers.
1: Yeah. Because there will be hard. no there will
0: be no money. Hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. You don't understand the numbers of your business. You don't understand your business. And so, yeah. And, yeah.
0: and I will admit, I am learning that every day. I still have gaps. It's, it's something I, I struggle with, uh, but, um, I'm doing it. You got to yep. step
1: up to the plate. Well, and a lot of it is attitude and you've got that proper attitude for sure. What do you tell somebody yeah. now? I, I, going back to my experience with family owned companies and, and as I mentioned, there's a lot of similarities, but a lot more uniqueness to it. But what do you tell that individual that's taking kind of the same path you are? Maybe they grew up with the family business name, but they chose a different path. But now they're kind of thinking, you know, like you said, hey, that's my name on the billboard. That's my legacy. Maybe it's not their billboard, but maybe they're having that thought of, you know, maybe the family business is actually for me and I'm 50-ish like you Yeah. when you took over. any Any advice or maybe experiences that you would do differently that might have led you here sooner or just any any words of wisdom, I guess, is what I'm asking for, for someone who took a different path for the first 20 yeah. years of your career.
0: I wouldn't have done this a day sooner. Okay. Really. Even though I've had a variety of life's experiences and maybe it would have been helpful to have worked in franchising before I came onto this role, but... I heard an interview with Warren Buffett where they asked him about companies that he invests in and what does he look for, and he said a couple things that really resonated with me. One is he he talked about companies that, not companies that have been mismanaged, but that companies that have largely been not managed
1: okay. are companies
0: that he looks for because there's potential there. Like there's Stucky's, and I love the team that was keeping things going for the past decade, but, but right. Stuckey's hasn't had a CEO in a decade. And we're still here. We're still plugging away on the interstate highway system. We're still selling our product. So there's a there there, right? Yeah. There's a there's something about this company there's some that's just like a little-
1: You can pick right away, and then there's some other things that you can really- You can see, yeah. like you, I sense, I'm a scoreboard person. I really like to see- the yep. results of my day. I look at how many viewers and listeners we have on the podcast, probably more times a day than I should. I look at, you know, the sales and the numbers coming in for our business and for my, my role. And, um, it's, it's awesome to be able to look and see what your impact has done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Looking at, looking at the numbers, data drives, everything yeah. really Pastor. you talk about how you get into the modern era with the heritage brand. He, he yeah, gotta, you got to embrace data, just yeah. like you got to embrace numbers like that. That may be hard for some of us, the, especially the data. If you're a certain era where you didn't grow up with a yeah. personal computer or an iPhone or all the other amenities we're used to now, but, but you really have to adapt to that if you're going to grow the company. Um, the other bit of a, uh, advice, I guess, for post 50 that I gleaned from a Warren Buffett interview was he said he looked to invest in companies where there was leadership and, and and you looked at management teams where there's emotional maturity.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And that
0: comes from life's experiences. I, I won't necessarily say age because you can be very emotionally mature at a younger age, yeah. but it is really developed through life's experiences. So having robust experiences in life, I, yeah, I was a French major half, and do I parley voo every day? <laughs> not very often.
1: Yeah. The do I, the podcast,
0: yeah. yeah, do I benefit every single day from having a wonderful liberal arts education? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: and, uh, uh, do
0: I benefit from having been a trial lawyer? Yeah, I can think quick on my feet. Maybe I'm not objecting, and maybe I'm not citing rules of evidence, but I. I know how to think quick on my feet. I know how to conduct an interview. I know how to cross examine people. That actually does come in handy. Yeah. You have to learn to judge characters.
2: Yeah.
0: If you're picking a jury and your client is facing a life sentence, you better learn real quick how to judge people.
2: Yeah.
0: I took, I took all sorts of courses on how to judge people, how to, how to do effective voir dire. There's my other French term but how to do your jury selection you, you got it it's all about human behavior and, and studying people those skills come into so much use right. trying to understand your customer it's duckies
2: yeah well i and spent that, my you,
0: life observing people it talk, helped in you, politics
2: yeah,
1: judge yeah.
0: people by their body language
1: yeah and that emotional maturity you talk about i think of another synonym for that and that's humility or teachability Yeah. You know, people who are emotionally mature and have that high EQ typically are very teachable. They understand that like you, you understand that financials weren't your, that's not your forte. Look at me throwing some French back at you, but there uh, we go. You know, know, I didn't major in French, sorry, but you know, my wife (laughs) is from a French Canadian side of family. So I pick up on some things from here, you know, here and there. You're writing a book you mentioned on an email. Tell me about the book.
0: Well, I guess I'll put "book" in air quotes because it really is very visual. It's going to be a lot of archival images of the history of Stuckey's with some rich text that forms a narrative. And I've got the great fortune of building on a book that was already written and published a couple of years ago by a man named Tim Hollis and his Arcadia Publishing. And I connected with him after I took on the company, and I said, "This is I love your book, but frankly, there's some gaps." And I would love to help you do a new edition with new archival images that I, I had gotten when I took on the company. My mom said, oh, by the way, we've got six boxes of your grandfather's stuff in storage. Do you want them? It's gold. I was like, yes, yeah. yes, I it's do. Cool. So I proceeded to go through these boxes, beautiful photos. I've had them digitized and preserved. And then I've read through every article I could find and many of them were in these boxes that aren't you can't find them online and i i took copious notes you've you've had you've gotten some of those notes i've formed an outline and uh my deadline is actually this week Ooh, so I to
2: go here yeah
0: <laughs> i'm gonna be busy this weekend i'm you're writing welcome. it this weekend so tim if you're listening i'm working on the book sorry yeah.
1: <laughs> well i'm i'm uh, i'm uh a purchaser of that book when it's ready to go because I love that. I love looking at first of all, it's picture, yeah. books, so I'm real good at picture books, but uh, I yeah,
0: have, they'll be co authored. So Tim Hollis and myself okay. will be,
1: yeah, co authoring that the book. book. The books behind me on my shelf, yeah, those leadership books and so forth, but you also what you won't see because they're over on my desk is the picture books and the you know the, the stories of these family businesses because that's what really fascinates me. Is
0: I love stories of how businesses were founded, the founder stories just amazing to me how, how hard people worked and just the little quirks of how things came to be the way they are. Fascinating yeah. to me. Like Ben and Jerry's has big chunks of their fruit and, and chocolate because one of the founders had some sort of condition where it was hard for him to to smell and, and taste unless things were big chunks. Yeah. That's how that came to be. And yeah. that's what made Ben and Jerry's great. And at the time, they were like, well, this is kind of odd. Yeah. But
1: it's, it's it like made them special. You say there's a there, there, you said earlier, and I've heard you say that before. Yeah. So, why, why? You know, why do we do that? Well, there's a reason why for everything. I heard a pastor yeah. say, I love those stories. Yeah. I heard a pastor once say, and I'm, I, I, um, this really stuck with me, and I'm going to ask you the follow up question as, as based on what he said. Um, people wonder sometimes when they go into a church or they go into a community or they're at that point in their career where they want to give back. Where do I give? Where do I serve? What do I do? And the question that he posed was, and I'll ask you, and I've got a few more questions to, to go after this one, but right now I'm going to ask you what breaks your heart? Because that typically is where we put our time, our talent, our treasure and so forth. Is there something out there that breaks your heart that you'd like to shed some light on right now, or that drives you, when you're not focused on, on Stuckies, Or maybe it is part of what you do with Stuckey's.
0: Uh, you know, I think I've got a lot of empathy for people who feel like they've been passed over. Okay. And not, people just don't pay attention to them. And I think in some ways I feel that because I was number four of five kids. I was number five of seven grandchildren. I was never the one who was supposed to be picked for this role. You know, I'm the middle child. <laughs> I'm, the, <laughs> I'm stuck somewhere in the middle with several kids. And, you know, we're not necessarily always the ones that, that get picked. And I talked to this woman today. She saw one of my LinkedIn posts and she just called me. And my cell number's all over the place. That, I love that about Mark Cuban.
2: Yeah.
0: And this harkens back to, you know, your life experiences build where you are today, right? Yeah. When I was in politics, I put my cell number and my personal email and everything. Well, at the time it was home number right? before. Yeah, so. they were,
1: they were right. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I remember my mom going, "Oh, honey, you can't do that. Who, who's going to call you?" And I said, "People are respectful, and whoever calls me is going to really need me. And I'm putting it out there, and it says I'm accessible. And it was fine. I never got overwhelmed. And the, every now and then you get someone who's annoying, whatever. But sure, it's it's
1: comes with the It's not control. a big deal. Yeah. If you want learning to, make to sense deal back- with
0: difficult people. And learning to deal with annoying people is a really important life skill.
1: Yeah, we so, all need to do that. Because you should list around, your number. Yeah, and look around. Oftentimes, if you don't know any annoying people, it's because you're the annoying person. So I don't mean you, but I mean, yeah, we, right? we all can be that person as well, for sure. I know there's somebody And else. deal
0: with them with grace and respect and politeness, because that's what my Southern grandmothers taught me to do. But in any event, so what so what, what? makes me sad or you know, uh, it's people who feel left, left out. So this woman reached out to me. We had the best conversation. And she said, I love what you're doing. And, you know, I'm in my mid 50s. And I'm looking for a bit of a career change. And maybe there's some opportunities for us to work together. We we just had the best conversation. And, and I said, I, I know what that feels like. I know what, how it is to be not always the first one in mind when they're thinking about who they're going to be as part of their team. And give those people a shot Yeah, because they're going to be the, they're going to be the spunky, scrappy fighters.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For those who have had things just given to them, um, opportunity or even materialistic things, they don't tend to appreciate it as much for those who've had to really work for it and been overlooked, I think that there's that there's a tenacity yeah. and there's a strength that you bring that, that sometimes we can overlook. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. In yeah. words,
0: I don't you- want anyone to think like, oh, she was just handed that job. Right. No, I was not. I had to buy Stuckys. I bought yeah. Stuckys from my dad's former partners. I put my life savings into it. It's money I saved up. It was my money. And not that... I don't love my father, and he hasn't been a support to me. But it was not handed to me.
1: Right. <laughs> and I was not a silver. Spoon I was though.
0: not the heir apparent.
1: <laughs> I'm all.
0: the scrappy one going. What about me?
1: <laughs> so, how can people reach you? You you alluded to that earlier. I'm not asking you necessarily to put your cell phone number out there, but I mean, what's the no, but my best? email
0: Stucky dot oh. com or social media at stucky stop or LinkedIn.
1: Okay. What um. What's the best place to go to to purchase your products or to get some of that swag and those those things that you showed us here on, on video?
0: So you can go online oh, on no, our I'm
1: website to drive through your store anytime in the near future because yeah. there's like an older one out here off of Route 66 somewhere in Arizona. But um, you know No feel- more in Arizona. No more there? Okay. So
0: we used to be in Arizona. Okay.
1: Is there expansion plans to come back out
0: west eventually? I would love that. We need a distribution center in the Midwest to really make it work because the freight cost I was just looking at our freight cost today all that yeah. you know being profitable is not just about generating revenue it's controlling costs mm-hmm. and I mean that's finances 101 but you really have to hunker down and boy those distribution that freight cost trucking that behind salaries is our number one expenditure so we I get distribution center out in the Midwest to really make that
1: worthwhile well, but that's you, why, you know you, we talked about in n out burger lindsey snyder one of the things she's told me personally and i've heard her say to a lot of people in a lot of different settings is distribution you know i'm not i don't have in and out yeah. in mississippi or atlanta or new york or kansas city because yeah. you know we have to be able to get fresh product fresh produce to the stores within one yeah. day so get your cat, cat what's your cat yeah, and
0: refrigerated trucking
1: oh, yeah. yeah really exactly. expensive yeah yeah yeah, definitely. So, what's the cat's
0: name? Um, like? Yeah, so but Stucky's got, oh, Smokey. Um Smokey, So, yeah.
1: nice.
0: www.stucky's.com. Okay. There's store locator guide. Yep. There is a, a shop, online shop. We're on Amazon, but select products. Again, distribution. Amazon gets pretty expensive. Yep. Amazon isn't even. Jeff Bezos, reach out to me. You need to be a little friendlier to some of us yeah, small that's right. outfits. They give us a pl- it's it's like so many things. They they give you an outlet, they give you a platform, they elevate your brand, but there are fees and there are costs associated with being on Amazon. So we are but we're on Amazon mostly just our log rolls and our our snack pecans right now because it's hard to make a profit with some of the other merchandise. But our website. And then uh, we have some 200 retail stores that sell our product as well.
1: Sure. Well, what what I'll do in my show notes here when I'm done today and we post this out and blast it out, we'll put a link to so and encourage people to go on and look around and shop and so forth. So yeah, Stephanie, thank you for for being on today. Thank you. So again, the the name of the show is From the Heart. My name is Ed Hart. We're presented by Orange Kiwi, great family business consulting firm. Again, out here. But the reason that I, the from the heart is sort of a, a dual meaning, obviously my last name. But ultimately, I have a lot of information about my guests, of what they do, and, and the Wikipedias, and the Googles, and the bios. And and I love that because it helps me get to know the person a little bit about your background. But ultimately, the why you do what you do is, is, is what really drives me and I think a lot of our listeners. So I'm going to end. interview right now by just simply asking one question. Stephanie Stuckey, what's in your heart? Gratitude.
0: I start every day with thinking of three things that I'm grateful for. Hmm. And if you operate out of a abundance mindset, as opposed to a scarcity one, your life is full. and sometimes it doesn't seem like it's full so that's why you got to do that gratitude every morning that sort of I have this I I don't know if it really is meditation I'm I'm pretty high energy so I have a hard time sometimes with that whole sitting still but when you do it does really just you center your thinking and you just really contemplate what am I grateful for and it could be something as simple as I am grateful for this delicious hot cup of coffee.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm grateful that I knew my grandfather. Yeah. I'm grateful that I have this amazing opportunity to bring my family's brand back. And my daughter, who's 14, listens to Hamilton all the time. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that this, the famous song, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to blow my shot. You know, like, that's what I feel like. I've, I've got my shot. Right. So I'm not going to blow it. And I'm grateful that I've, I've got it.
1: Well, I can speak on behalf of everyone who's going to watch and listen to this, that we feel gratitude for you taking the time today to be with us. We know you have a lot going on. I'm a fan of the brand. I'm a fan of you. Uh, I'm excited to watch this journey. I'm excited to promote the journey any way I can. And um, we, like I said, we work with a lot of family businesses all over the world. And um, if there's anything we can do for you, brands that you admire or companies or people you'd like to talk to, obviously, you know you've got a pretty nice Rolodex of people you can talk to, but we'd love to help in any way we can. So Stephanie, thank you very much for you. your time today. And um, uh, again, visit Stuckies.com. You're going to be happy you did. And, and uh, when those pecans and pralines arrive at your doorstep, you can thank us for, for uh, reintroducing you hopefully to those. So Stephanie, thanks again.